You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at DCAUReview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 89 of the DCAU Review. I'm one of your hosts, Cal, and with me is my good brother, Liam, our other host. Liam, episode 89 of the DCAU Review is here, and we are discussing another edition of Batman Beyond, and this one has the return of the Royal Flush Gang and what some would dub Terry's version of Selena Kyle, and that being 10 from the Royal Flush Gang. And I say some, and you say it with skepticism, as <laughs> we'll definitely discuss in this week's episode. That's certainly what they're going for, as if you remember their first appearance, it literally ends with uh, Terry asking Bruce if he's ever had a situation like this, and Bruce begins to tell him about Selena Kyle. So yes, that is certainly what they're going for with the uh, Melanie Walker slash 10 character, and this is her reintroduction Reintroduction here. We're going with episode Once Burned, which is from season two of Batman Beyond. This episode originally aired on November 6th, 1999, making it just a little over 20 years old this year, Liam. Well, last year. Yeah. <laughs> a little over 20 years old last year now. Uh, so we'll get into our four categories in just a moment. We'll certainly talk a lot about how terrible Terry McGinnis is. But before we do, do you have the IMDb synopsis for this week's episode? ready to go liam you got the pipes warmed up Uh, in fact i do and this is for the episode once burned as you mentioned which is written by stan berkowitz and directed by butch lukic and that synopsis reads as such batman finds 10 determined to rob a rich underground poker game supposedly to save her family and he struggles to decide whether to trust her I would have, if I were the English teacher of that IMDb synopsis, I would have read underlined that sentence and just been like, you gotta, it's too wordy. You gotta, you gotta chop it up. Yeah, chop it up, maybe put a comma in there. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that is basically the plot. It opens with us, uh, this a high stakes poker game for all these kind of kooky gangster characters that we've never met before. Ten shows up to rob the place. And uh, is, of course, immediately confronted by Batman. Uh, She tells him it's not what it looks like. And they have a sort of a brief fight where she she eventually gets away. And uh, Batman escapes from the gangsters as well. From there, Terry goes home to find Melanie Walker in his bedroom. Wouldn't you know? And uh, they sort of... And, of course, Terry, being an upstanding boyfriend, immediately asks her to leave, right? Oh, you would think. No, he, like... He, like, pouts at her for a second, and then they make out. Um, so they kind of rehash what happened uh, in the, their last episode, Dead Man's Hand. And uh, she sort of apologizes for leaving him hanging and says she's in trouble and she's trying to help her family. And and she's on the run from all these people, from Batman and from these gangsters and... He, uh, yeah, like I said, they make out, and uh, (laughs) right before they make out, he gets a call from his girlfriend, Dana. Mm, mm, He mm. uh, blows her off, Mm. and of course, Dana being the most understanding, uh, to a fault, person in the history of the DCAU, just lets him off the hook immediately. Um, And then, yeah, he cheats on his girlfriend with her, and then uh, his brother and mom come home, and she leaves, and... Uh, from there, she decides to go back and try to re-rob the poker game, and again runs afoul of Batman, 
where she uh, reveals to him that the Jokers have allegedly kidnapped the rest of the Royal Flush Gang and are holding them for ransom, and she has to rob this poker game in in order to free her family. Only for it, post-Batman and her going to a Joker's hideout and finding out that that's not really the case, we, uh, we in fact find out that it was all a plot by King and Queen of the Royal Flush Gang to just sort of test Melanie's loyalty. Yeah, it's. I don't hate that part of the plot. That mm-hmm. plot is that part of the plot is fine, especially when it first appears that Melanie double crosses Batman. Uh, she seems to be complicit in 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 it until you find out that she's actually not. I mean, that was where my my head went um, right. at, upon this viewing because I I didn't actually recall the idiosyncrasies and intricacies of this this week's episode. But it, you know, thinking, oh well, she just double crossed him. She's actually working with the Royal Flush King the whole time, but actually she's not. It's a test. They're trying to test her to see if she's still worth her medal and they can accept her back into the gang, uh, which. I, I I don't know how anything from the last episode would have would have told them. I guess because she's family and because she's their daughter, they so badly want her back. Right. But nothing about that last last episode said that she would react like, "Oh, gee, thanks, mom and dad. I'm so glad that you tested me to get me back in the family right. that I didn't want to be a part of to begin with." Right. Like it makes no. It, they just have no touch in reality. Clearly. Uh, that of course then leads to Batman fighting them because he put a tracker on Melanie, so he finds their hideout, and then he also had alerted the other gang. So there's a shootout between this gang and the Royal Flush Gang and Batman, and then the cops show up, and yeah. it's yeah, it's the mess. The end is a little bit of a mess, I guess. All right, big big picture plot here. I don't hate. The storyline, I think it's interesting, and like I said, it was a little twisty and turny because my my recollection was that it, the Jokers did have them, and then it's, oh, yeah, the Jokers don't have her, and then it's like, oh, she's definitely a part of this, and then it's like, oh, she really wasn't a part of this. But there's no real resolution to this character. <laughs> no, it's and right before they uh, go into the first Joker's hideout where Terry has to take on basically the entire gang by himself... Um, she gives him this note for Terry and makes him prom- makes Batman promise not to read it, um, which he in fact does keep his promise because Terry throws the note away at the end of the episode. No, he does. While he's on a date with his actual girlfriend. <sighs> Hashtag dating deserves better. But anyway, forever. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's like they're trying to really sell that like she's conflicted. She's doing this because even though she doesn't want to be a thief anymore, she still loves her family and wants to protect them. So she feels like she has to do this, um, but in in the midst of that, she also lies to to Batman and and kind of makes things worse, and then brings this, you know, actually Batman brings the contingent of gangsters down on them. But it's yeah, it's kind of I feel like it's not a, a super strong ending or resolution to any of this, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it just kind of ends, and and Terry decides not to read the note and and moves on, and obviously. You and I, with the benefit of hindsight or technically foresight, I guess, from where we are in the show, we know this isn't the last time we see Melanie or the rest of the Royal Flesh Gang. Right. But if you're just watching this episode as it is, it's not a great resolution to anything. Correct. Um, the, the first episode ended with the Royal Flesh Gang going to jail and Bruce and Terry kind of having a heart-to-heart, which 
if you just watched that episode, that would be a fine resolution to that story. Right. But now that you've reintroduced this character and established that, like, it's still a thing and that Terry is still struggling with to not really have a strong resolution at the end. And in fact, he doesn't he doesn't arrest Ten at the end of it. She nope. just kind of disappears into the... Uh, you know, she's. They show her watching on a rooftop, and then, and then, and uh, as the rest of the Royal Flesh Gang is is being arrested. So, I guess we know she's still out there, but it, it didn't have a strong exit. Yeah, and we we've talked about this before about how this the strong the strongest episodes there's usually character development involved in that characters, no matter who they are, whether it's the main character or a character that's involved in it has either changed or evolved by the time the episode ends. There's something that happens within the episode that advances the storyline. And like you said, we know with the foresight of uh, benefit of, of knowing that this gang, the gang comes back. My question is: Was this? What did this do for any of these characters to advance mm-hmm. advance them? Melanie is in exactly the same place as she was last time. She's still not with her family. She's clearly still in the outs with her family. If anything, I guess you could say that she now knows that her family really is ruthless, and they like she already thought they didn't care about her, right. but now she knows they don't care about her. I guess, yeah. but. It doesn't advance anything for Terry, really. I mean, you could say that he morally did the right thing in throwing the note away and not caring anymore. But he still freaking cheated on his girlfriend right. with with this girl at, during this episode. So I I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like the characters advance at anything. It feels like an episode that was built around the idea of oh, what if what if we could. We need to put the Royal Flush Gang in an episode, right. so we're just going to – this is going to be the storyline, and it, we'll use them again later on down the road because there's nothing of significance that happens in this episode that, I, to me, changes anybody's storyline or, or advances any character development. Um, so for that reason, I gave this uh, my final score of 5 out of 10 for the episode just for plot because it's – yeah, it's just middle of the road, and I – there, I don't hate it, other right. than other than Terry. <laughs> I, I hate Terry McGinnis. Yeah, but sucks. yeah, justice for Dana. <laughs> Dana yeah. deserves better. Hashtag Dana deserves better. Um, but yeah, this is this is not not a great episode because it just kind of hangs out in the middle and doesn't really do anything. Yeah, and it feels like, as you said, like when 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 next we meet these characters, they'll still be in the same place. Terry still won't be sure if he can trust her. You're not know, sure if he loves her or right. not. Does he, right. Does he, does he actually love her? Was it just a, you know, a fleeting, you know, romance attra- or attraction or whatever? Like, we're still going to, we're basically back to square one where we were at the end of, or at the beginning of this episode, right. which is generally, I would think, a failure of. What? Did you give your score? I'm not sure. And just in case I didn't give my score here, I would give mine as a, a six out of 10. So right in the same ballpark as you. Very good. Okay, uh, Liam, let's move forward to animation. Animation and visuals. Okay, uh, let's get this out of the way. Still hate Ten's hair. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's it's like a, somebody took a mop, an animation of a mop, and put it on a character's head. Uh, hate her stupid spaghetti hair. Glad that we only see it for like one scene. She's in costume yeah. for the majority of the time. Uh, I did like the opening scene with her where she utilizes... It's kind of not really given a reason why or how the red glasses block the giant flash of light that blinds everybody in the room that she's stealing <laughs> yeah. from. 
Uh, but it was cool. It's, uh, again, we've talked about this several times. It's a very toyetic character that should yes. have their own action figure made. I can see it now. Like, she should come with the red glasses and she mm-hmm. should come with the exploding 10, ten card mm-hmm. that she throws on the table. Like, the come with a giant playing card she rides on. Yeah. yeah. Come on, DC Collectibles. We're, we're printing money for you. <laughs> what are you, it's, what are we doing? Uh, we got to talk to McFarlane now. Who are yeah, we talking to? Yeah. Well, yeah. What do we got to do to make this stuff happen? Because it's far past the time that this should have been made. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't know if that was a if that was a nod to anything. There's a there's a pretty famous poster of Woody Harrelson from the movie Natural Born Killers where he's wearing similar sunglasses. Yes. So I don't know if if the character design was supposed to look like that. I've never seen that movie, so I don't know if there's any sort of parallels between. It doesn't seem like there would be, but I don't know if there's any parallels yeah. there. But that did just remind me of that with the red glasses. Uh, anyway, uh, the rest of the episode gives you a great opportunity to flex some visual muscles. There's a whole scene with a bunch of Jokers. Yeah. So we see a lot of the, the, the returning Jokers that we've seen, the character models. The, the return of the Jokers, would the, you say? The return of the Jokers. That's right. A lot of the ones that we've seen already, uh, as well as uh, some, some new new designs uh so that that was fun um we get a batmobile uh, appearance as mm-hmm. well in the uh in that same scene um and uh you know the 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 poker game the characters from the poker game are all unique designs and i feel yeah. like they may have been homages to real life actors or something i did not go through or bother to go yeah. through and look uh but it, there's probably some real life people just because they they weren't just your basic drawings right. or character designs. Uh, so yeah, feel free to tweet Liam at DCA yeah. review. If you have a, have a thought on who those people are designed after, but uh, visually it, other than Melanie's hair getting in the, in, 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 in my, in my head, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty visually fun episode. So uh, I, I gave a score of eight out of 10 for that. Yeah. And I, uh, I gave it the exact same score. <laughs> eight out of 10. Uh, one of the scenes I did like it's it's in, I believe the first time Batman, uh, sees 10 and is chasing her. Uh, she, he gr- puts like a grappling hook through her card and she's kind of flying through the city. He's hanging on, he crashes into a window and it flashes to her. So you're kind of watching her fly, fly over the building. And then you see Batman burst out of the other side of the building and then come back at her. And it's kind of all done as one, one continuous shot. There are not really any cuts in it. Uh, so I thought the animation there was especially uh, well done. It really went above and beyond in some of that. And as you mentioned, yeah, a lot of cool visuals. I, I like the female gangster, especially with like the white hair and the mm-hmm. red outfit. I thought she... That was a really striking design. So there was yeah. also there was also a callback that you pointed out as we were watching it that uh, to the episode Rebirth, where there's a 360 pan shot of well, it's Terry. actually kind of just the intro to the to the Batman Beyond show. That too. There's the shot in 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 the you know it's like a second long, and I think it's I believe it's not actually CGI. I think they were like little miniatures that were sculpted. Yeah, they said they put they them on like a, a turntable yeah, or something. Uh, what you call a, a lazy Susan mm-hmm. and just did a like a spin around on a camcorder. But it's that that shot that you see it every time you watch Bat, you know the the if you watch the opening uh, theme to Batman Beyond, that's in there, and they kind of redo that shot here with with Batman and the Jokers. Yeah, that was a that was a neat visual. So that that certainly the visuals I think are, are stronger than the plot so far. Uh, agreed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Based on our scores, it's definitely is. All right, Liam. Let's move on to music, shall we? Um, music was there. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely was there. Uh, there was some background music, uh, certainly. It's it's a very Batman Beyond episode. Yes. 
uh, we didn't get the return of the power ballad, uh, white, <laughs> white Snake music from the first Royal Flush Gang episode. Much uh, to my chagrin. Gone it. Or the, or the acoustic guitar that I yes. so very much love yes. from that first season. Yeah, they, they, they really laid off Cal's favorites in this episode. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's pretty much just, yeah, there's some kind of good fight, exciting chase music during some of those sequences that we've already mentioned, and during the final bit there and there's some kind of softer music that the reveal and this is partially visuals as well where it's fully revealed that it's you know that king is the one that's been fake holding himself ransom you see him in silhouette and the music is you know really subtle and, and quiet and then sort of swells a little bit as as he walks into frame and i reveal they reveal the plot of it so but yeah there's nothing particularly spectacular i will mention the uh i don't want to we're not crapping on it for the record like yes. it's all fine it's yeah all, yeah it's yeah all solid it's not it's not it's not blow you away great and it's no. not terrible right yeah so uh, i don't think we've ever given music a <laughs> bad score maybe maybe i've talked about the acoustic guitar yes, and the power ballad but, but that was more like maybe it knocked it down a point or two not right like oh we hated the music but yeah uh, like i gave music five out of ten uh lolita romanis was the uh composer for this episode so i always like to mention that but like i said nothing bad um but nothing super standout either yeah i, I gave it six out of ten i think that the scene with the jokers was the gave it just a slight edge mm-hmm. over just the middle of the road just because uh that scene is is pretty intense because Batman's locked in a meat locker with the entire Joker's gang. Yes. And uh, it's it's sort of a battle royale, if you will, uh, a sort of, uh, you know, he, he's taking on one gangster at a time, and uh, it builds the tension when they all, they get a chain around his neck, and they're about to beat in, uh, be, you know, seemingly end him, and then the uh, the Batmobile bursts in, and there's sort of this crescendo that, that happens. But um, yeah, it's, there's, it's not bad, it's not, it's just not blow you away, stand out, this is... Right amazing uh for this week's episode all right Liam, let's move to our final category of the day voice actors so we have some returning uh, uh guests from our original royal flush gang episode and also uh, a new cast member at least one new cast member uh, that has been swapped out for one of the old ones uh let's talk about this week's voice cast yeah so of course we have our our main uh main duo of kevin conroy and will Fredell, who we can get to in the uh the end of the segment but of course we have the returning olivia dabo as 10 slash melanie walker um i think she does a good job it's again i think it's let down by what the the script entails but i think she does she's able to show a little more emotion especially in the scene with uh king and queen at the end where it's revealed that she's sort of been led on this wild goose chase that was just an elaborate loyalty test by her parents um that really i think that really stands out um, she, so I think she's she's pretty solid in that scene. Uh, other than that, we do have the returning George Lazenby, uh, James Bond himself as King, and we actually have a new actress playing Queen. As uh, this time, it is Sarah Douglas, who uh, would probably most famously be to someone listening to this podcast. She played uh, the Kryptonian villainous Ursa in the Christopher Reeve Superman films. She's at the beginning of one and then is one of the main villains of uh, Superman 2. Okay. So uh, cool cool little, uh, you know, hidden DC Easter egg. In, there you in go. There. Continuity. Got to yeah. keep, it all, keep it all in the family. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, and again, I think everyone's fine. Other than that, obviously we have some of the other, uh, we have the, um, the gangsters that we meet. We have uh, Miguel Sandoval as Benny. Bernie Casey as Tyrus Black, uh, Daphne Zuniga as Lula, and uh, 
We also have a brief, uh, albeit brief, appearances by Cree Summer as Max, uh, Lauren Tom as Dana, who, if we have not mentioned, deserves so much better. So much better than Terry. And, uh, and Ryan O'Donohue, again, as Matt McGinnis, all in sort of very brief roles. But, um, yeah, I think the the best parts of this episode, for me, were the interactions between uh, Bruce and uh, and Terry, uh, Kevin Conroy and Will Friedle. Um We didn't really mention this in plot, but... One of the things is when Terry goes to kind of confront the Jokers, he lies to Bruce and tells him that he's studying with Dana. And, uh, man, Terry just doesn't respect anyone in his life. He's a terrible human being. <laughs> because he knows Bruce would try to talk him out of uh, trusting Ten and, and going with her to this hideout. So uh, so Bruce kind of gets to be really sarcastic and snarky to him and, and kind of and then when it all blows up in Terry's face, as of course it does, yep. uh, Terry, uh, Bruce kind of gets to... <laughs> but he doesn't lecture... Again, it's not like a big lecture. He tells him, like, this is... He kind of just tells him this is this is part of being Batman. You're, you're going to fall in love with a supervillain, and she's going to break your heart, and it's going to happen at least three times. <laughs> yeah, it's, fu- it's funny, because we've been sitting here thinking about this, and one of the... One of the things that we talked about uh, back on in Robin's Reckoning, which you can hear in the archives at DCAUReview.com, but... In that episode, we talked about, and, and then of course, um, you know, an episode we haven't talked about yet, uh, "Old Wounds," where really one of the problems that Dick had with Bruce was just the person that he really is. Like, yeah. yes, he's this he's this uh, beacon of justice, and you know, he's he fights for justice all the time. But as a human being. He really isn't a great person, <laughs> and we've talked about that before. I think that's Poor why social skills. That's why you you appreciate who Superman is and yeah. and the character that that Clark Kent is, and he is a good person on top of being right. a superhero. Batman, he's cool, but as far as his relationships go and the people that he values, Bruce Wayne, not a great person. Right. Terry McGinnis, and as we know you know spoiler alert is related to bruce wayne <laughs> by genetics also not a great person no. <laughs> so it's not surprising and i think that the the conversation that they that they have and that certainly i'm t- trying to tie desperately to tie this back into the voice acting <laughs> section here but the fact that you have this interaction that happens between Terry and Bruce where Bruce doesn't lecture him, doesn't give him an earful for lying to him. He is snarky with him. Yeah. And he's, he's you know, he, he Terry asks him, are you going to give me a lecture? And he's like, not right now. And, <laughs> it, it, you know, but maybe it has something to do with the fact that those characters are so similar in the fact that they do these things, don't really offer apologies for them. Yeah. But... It's overall, it's for the greater good of justice in most cases. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's obviously such a theme of Batman, and especially Batman Beyond. When we when we meet Bruce again in Rebirth Part 1, um, he's an old man who lives alone, and his only friend is his dog. And obviously throughout the series, he and Barbara reconnect a little bit. In Return of the Joker, he and Tim get to reconnect at the end. But yeah, to this point in the series, everyone has left him because of who he is as a person. Right. It's not because they hate Batman. It's, uh, you know, I think Barbara even says that in the Curari episode. I don't hate Bruce. I hate what he's become. He was a great man who is now just old and bitter. And I don't know if he was ever a great man. That's what I'm questioning here. And I think that's a really interesting thing is that, 
yes, bat. You could say Batman is a great symbol of hope and justice and a great warrior for for the side of good. But is Bruce Wayne? Batman is the great. Person? Bruce Wayne, uh, not so not so right. great. And so the fact that Terry is equally not so great, maybe subtly i i don't know that that's necessarily intentional with the way that this character is written all i'm saying is i'm s- still so stuck on what a terrible person <laughs> terry mcginnis is uh with but that said wilfred l's fault but that's not wilfred l's fault he plays the character very well and him and him and kevin conroy have some great interactions here i don't think i've bothered to give him a give a score yet for my voice acting I haven't yet. Either. it's fine um it, with that said i i think that overall voice acting is fine in this episode i i think that I don't remember what I gave the score for in the original Royal Flush Gang or having too many problems with anybody's performance in particular. I think they're all fine. No, nothing in it stands out, though, as a tremendous, oh, this is a great scene. I don't necessarily think that the the um, the interactions between Terry and Melanie in that one scene are particularly feel particularly warm or, I, I don't know, it doesn't feel like that they are this... I don't know, ex-lovers, which I guess they, they technically really aren't because yeah. la- their romance lasted like six hours. Right. <laughs> but as you so dutifully pointed out, but um, score seven out of 10. Yeah. I am uh, very similar in, in that same ballpark with a seven out of 10. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so similar. The notes there. So similar. In fact, it's exactly the same. I also uh, gave it a 7 out of 10. Like I said, I think everyone is good. I don't think anyone's particularly great, though. All right. That will bring us to our final scores, Liam, uh, which, totaling everything up here for me, I have a, seems like a very generous score based on not loving the plot, but that's why we do an overall score as opposed (laughs) to just individual, and we break it down into individual scores. Uh, 26 out of 40 was my final score. What about you? Get the heck out. Yes, uh, assuming I'm doing this math right, I also have a final score of 26 out of 40. Two men's one brain. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Um, all right. Rewatchability. Let's talk about Skip it. Skip it. <laughs> you don't need to see this episode. Yeah, as we've said, you should definitely watch the first uh, Royal yeah. Washington episode because that's important. Uh, this one, you can skip it, and there's not really much about this episode i think melanie does ask batman about the note in the next episode so that is that's referenced but that's not enough of a reason to watch this episode Uh, agreed and yeah i mean if you need supporting evidence and you're building a building a case (laughs) against terry being a terrible boyfriend you have a video essay that you like to do and you want us to consult on yes absolutely (laughs) then watch this episode this is this is like exhibit z no no doubt in your case but yeah terry's a terrible boyfriend i got mad watching this episode (laughs) because there's he doesn't get there's never any justice given for dana he never gets justice for treating dana like crap max is absolutely and 110 percent complicit we didn't point that out she's she's like she immediately (laughs) figures out like oh this isn't just a friend you're helping like a girl and he's like i don't i know i don't know i'm trying to figure it out she's like well you should because you know it's unfair to dana and then just kind of goes back to she's like but i'm not gonna let dana know or hold you to that because you know it's you're batman it's okay it's all good sucks this guy sucks i'm I'm so angry yeah i feel like my score should be lower with how angry i am (laughs) usually i'm i reserve this episode this anger for for episodes that are very bad yeah and like like we said it's not that bad but you can definitely skip it unless of course 
you just want to confirm for yourself how terrible of a person Terry McGinnis is to this point in the series. Agreed. All right, Liam, that will wrap us up for this week's episode. But before we do, shall we discuss next week's episode uh, coming up in just one week? Yep, and that will be the final Batman Beyond episode that we will be reviewing for the month of January, and that will, in fact, be the episode Hooked Up. Uh, I don't remember this episode particularly well, as I think we've mentioned in the past. I didn't watch a lot of Batman Beyond in the first run. You weren't allowed to. Correct. Uh, so Too scary. Some episodes I saw on Cartoon Network, some some I saw years later on DVD, but this is not one that really sticks out to me. Um, so I'm looking forward to checking out Hooked Up, which I believe focuses on Max and the returning Spellbinder. So. Yeah, we we liked the first Spellbinder episode pretty well. Uh, yeah. It wasn't a wasn't a top pick, but it was um, but it was it definitely ranked uh, in the higher or upper echelon of Batman Beyond episodes. So it'll be interesting to see how the uh, episode number two. Now that we're in this sort of new era of uh of the high school terry yes whether or not uh that reflects on this episode or not but uh don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast app by now you should be able to say them in your sleep apple podcast google podcast or spotify also don't forget to follow us on social media at dcau review we are on both twitter and instagram instagram has your clips coming up for uh episodes yet to be played and of course uh, occasionally we'll drop a, a flashback episode in there as well so make sure you follow us there and then liam runs our twitter page liam uh we have some exciting news uh always delivered we'll we'll announce what what topic we're covering for the next month or what series is uh is being covered so we'll definitely be talking about that in the next few weeks anything else you got going on over there uh, not really at the moment, other than uh, obviously we're uh, we're always looking for feedback on what you'd like us to review next, and I don't know if you, if you all have noticed by the episode numbers, but we're going to soon be starting a countdown to our 100th episode. We're very excited about that. Got a big plan for that one, uh, which is going to open up uh, open up our world a little bit, and very excited about that. Absolutely. And uh, of course, don't forget also, check out our bonus episodes that we've released. Uh, we've, we've just completed our third bonus episode. So uh, definitely you're going to want to check those out. Uh, we have those available in the archives at dcaureview.com. Yep, still recovering from the end of uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths on the CW, but uh, it, was, it was epic and uh, loved, loved talking about that stuff on our, on our third bonus episode, so definitely check that out as well. Yeah, all right. Well, that will wrap us up for this week. I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we'll talk to you on the very next episode of the DCAU Review. Goodbye. Goodbye.